0: Hi everyone, this is Luke Moroni for the daily property search podcast. And the topic I'd like to talk to you all about today. Is it about the data when it comes to property investing? And before I get into this topic, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be regarded as financial or legal advice. Make sure you get your own independent advice when it comes to investing. So is it about the data when it comes to property investing? What do we need con- to consider when we're first moving into property investing or we're making the decision to get that next property? The reason bringing up this podcast today, I was on a few Facebook groups talking to other property investors or potentially would be property investors that are out there, discussing about different data points that are out there and what we need to research in regards to property investing. and. One particular post was highlighted on regards to if you were having a property at $500,000 and it was going to grow in value for 5% or 6% or 7% over the next 5, 10, 15 years, what kind of income would you produce? What kind of wealth would you produce on that particular property? It was more on the wealth subject rather than the income, but what kind of capital growth would you gain? And it's an interesting fact for us to all think about, but you've got to remember that markets don't just go up by 5% or 6% or 7%. And obviously they they go uh, at a different pace over different times of the cycle and depending on what's going on. And I think that you just need to be a little bit more savvy than just getting into the property market and putting your money down on the first property that you see. Now even that being said if you are a little bit more savvy and you pick a property that's potentially going to grow for that property only what about the other market factors that are happening within that area or within that that surrounding suburbs or within that city and we just really or all... Well, within the entire economy of Australia. So we just need to really factor in what is happening, how we position ourselves in terms of investing, and then what kind of things that we need to put in place and research when we're out there and about looking at property investing. So my first point I'd like to make is, often the data that we receive out in the marketplace is a situation where they, that we receive it three or six months in delay of it being announced in delay and it's then announced to the market so we're getting quite a lot of delays on some of the data that's actually being brought to us and we really do need to factor in you know what what's this data saying to us is it data from the past how can we actually currently place our views on this data when it's actually relevant for three or six months ago or if we're receiving that data from three or six months ago, as a savvy investor, what do we see the trend line going to be in the next three to six months or the next 12 months or the next two or three years? And that's how we think about it as a savvy investor, being ahead of the market. The data, when it comes out to, through these research companies, um, through um, survey companies and to mainstream media or property media, in some circumstances, is often delayed and when the general public hit and receive that data, then they start making their decisions, they have a few discussions with friends and family, then they sort of base their ideas around what is going on with that information that that they've received. But are they too late to it? And as a savvy investor, as a buyers agent that is out there in the marketplace, we can be ahead of the game or actually be working ahead of the way you know data is, is actually received to us and where we can actually especially when it comes to selling your property be ahead of market downturns and i think i reflect on uh, the purchase of uh, the selling of my property back in sydney about 2 years ago in uh, late 2016 when we started to have our discussions with the real estate agent, put it on the market early 2017 and had it sold um, early February in uh, 2017 and then settled on a long-term settlement period and had it settled by May. Now in doing all that, um, enabling us to then move on to a rental property, have seen now the declines of that particular property somewhere in the range of 15 Twenty, maybe even a 23% if we were to put it on the market right today. Now, we achieved a really good price for that property and in a situation where we've moved into a rental market rather than get back into the property, uh, into another home to live in. So that was a really big reflection in us not listening to what the data because there was a lot of frenzy activity in the market during that time. There was a a lot happening. Um, Everyone was pointing to buy, buy, buy because you're never going to be able to afford in Sydney. And that's what the media was saying. That's what um, a lot of data that was coming out saying prices are rising was all about. But if you reflected on some of the numbers coming through, and I'll move on to that later in the podcast, if you reflect on that, you can really see what was actually happening in the marketplace. So be careful about relying on outdated data or delayed data that comes into the market. My second point is around being on the ground every day will give you a greater sense of where the prices are at, where the numbers of buyers and sellers are at, where if there's a lot of auction frenzy activity or you're seeing actual reductions happening. So typically during 2015, 2016, We saw the height of activity in the auction market. You'd have 10, 15 bidders that would have their paddles ready to bid. You'd have an aggressive four or five bidders that would keep pushing up the price, and then one or two or three at the end. Now, moving forward into 2018 and the start of 2019, we're not seeing that same activity. We're seeing auctions take a lot longer, going back and forth between the highest bidder and the seller. Inside, often inside the house or the home that is being sold. And there's often just lengthy delays and discussions about wanting to meet the market at the prices that are being set at auction by the highest bidder or deciding to pass it in altogether. So that will give you a better sense of, compared to some of the data that is being received in the marketplace that is delayed three to six months, better to be on the ground and do some of the research in the suburbs that you're looking to buy. And that's where you get some of the great information and get a sense of where buyers are where sellers are at, and where you need to be positioned at on comparable sales that you're looking to make a purchase on. My third point is that people talk about property going up every 20 years, especially when it comes to those capital cities and probably your safer bets in terms of investing around the country, you know, over regional areas. But... Again, regional areas can do well as also. But what we have got to think about is thinking about it long term doesn't mean that you're buying in declining markets. You can look at these um, charts that are up there, and over the twenty-year or thirty-year period, Sydney's done really well, and uh, you know things have gone really well. But if you're in a position that you 're buying in a declining market and Sydney from its peak has dropped by over thirteen percent and in some suburbs it's dropped twenty or twenty five percent where there's an excess of stock out there in the marketplace. And some suburbs have probably only dropped between five and you know maybe five and ten percent. But if you're buying in that declining market it's going to take you longer to get to that back past that peak that you originally bought at and then make any growth in future. So that that could take another five, seven, 10 years, potentially. Then you see the growth later on down the track. The whole idea about investing is to focus on seeing if you can get that growth or project for that potential growth to happen in a market in the next three to five years. One, you focus on that growth and obviously the income that it generated out of that, that investment. And secondly, it reduces your risk when it comes to that investment. And I guess people just focus on too much about the idea of it's always gonna grow, Sydney always grows, but there are periods of decline. And why would you wanna buy in this declining market as it is right now? We could see in Sydney potentially, we had 10% decline last year in 2018, we could see another 10% this year. And the way the figures are going in the last three months or so, we've had a decline of three or four percent in the Sydney property prices. So that means that we're on track for a twelve, maybe to sixteen percent decline this year. Now I figured that it's probably going to be closer to a ten percent decline in Sydney. I would see Melbourne is declining, maybe even a little bit more in the twelve percent mark. And that's what I've been saying all year about these declines in Sydney and Melbourne especially, because they've grown so much and lending was so loose during 2013, 14, 15, 16. Now things have tightened up and that doesn't seem to be an end in sight when it comes to lending. So when it comes to the data that you, that you look at, the, the spreadsheets that have been created about property prices in history, You really want to think about, yes, over 20 years and the long term, Sydney goes really well and people are always going to want to live here. There's population increases. But for now, we're seeing declines. We're seeing a market that hasn't got a lot of consumer confidence. We are seeing a lot of negative things come out of information that's been brought to us, data points as well, but even on the ground. A lot has... A lot is, well not much is really happening, I'm not saying a lot, but not much is really happening in tr- property transactions that are out there. Numbers of transactions are lower, number of buyers are lower, you know, where's the confidence here? Eventually more and more people are gonna have to sell their properties because on average there's, there's gonna be sales every, each and every year. It's just that some people are holding back right now, waiting for the election or waiting waiting for property prices to maybe turn around but eventually they'll have to sell for for a number of different reasons, whether they're motivated, they need to upsize, downsize, they're looking for different opportunities, different locations. So that's where there is going to be more, transaction, more property coming on the market. Will there be the same amount of buyers or we will see more buyers come on? That will be an interesting one to think about um, moving forward in the coming year, especially for this year because... We, I do project that we're probably looking at another 10% decline this year. So watch out for those things. And when it comes to data, be mindful about what information you're getting. Is it delayed? Or are you on the ground doing your own research? Or someone's doing on your behalf like a buyer's agent out there and and about looking at what's going on in marketplaces? And are you thinking about long-term investing as a reason for getting in the Sydney property market right now, or you're thinking that I'd rather be buying, not in declining markets, but markets that have the potential for growth in the next three to five years. So that's why I implore you to think about when it comes to some of these data points and some of these ideas, and hopefully that helps you in your investing. And if you'd like to discuss this particular topic or your current circumstances, do feel free to give me a call on 0400. 332-377. 332377 seven. thanks for tuning in